from Birmingham, Alabama. You're listening to the Flat Picking Pilgrim's Progress. I'm your host, Gary Furr, and I'm so glad to have you with me today. Whether you're sitting in your favorite chair or riding along in the car, I'm glad we're going to get to spend this time together. Welcome. It's great to have you back. And today I wanted to share a chapter I wrote some years ago in a book called Encountering God in the Prayers of Others. I contributed seven little chapters to that uh, book that was done by several of us who are colleagues and in a theology group. We have been for 30 some years and We each chose prayers, written prayers, liturgies, expressions of prayer that had been very meaningful to us in our lives. And I will from time to time share some of these with you. But among my seven, I chose the hymn In the Garden by C. Austin Miles. And you know that if you've been in a Baptist church, but if you don't, Uh, The little refrain says, And he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Moments of sensitivity to God's presence happen in the oddest places. Foxholes, pinned in a car wreck, or a meal with friends and a good book. God can show up anywhere unannounced. I had one of those moments in the basement of a laundry room in a Catholic retreat center out in California. Many, many years ago, I'd I'd spent a great deal of time alone that day, thinking and praying and resting. I'd gotten away from busy church work and had some time for thoughts. And that evening, we were scheduled to have communion together in the chapel before dinner. So during free time that afternoon, I took some laundry down to the basement and sat there while my clothes were washing alone, except I brought along my old 12-string guitar that I got when I was 16 years old. And I took along a hymnal to play and sing some songs to pass the time, but I, I just started playing and singing what I remembered. And after a while, I started singing this old favorite in the garden. Now, theologically sophisticated people do not generally like this hymn. It has no sense of the social justice obligations of faith or of community, no ethics, no grand sweep of history or lofty notion of God. The words I, me, and my occur 20 times by the time you sing it all the way through, and most notably as he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. It can be infantile and self-absorbed. But as I was singing it that evening, something remarkable happened. For some reason, my thoughts turned loose and I began to think about my grandfather Price. He was a self-taught music leader uh, in Baptist churches in North Carolina. Back in my hometown, he taught shape note singing schools and 
when we moved from there when I was only seven, I only got to see him when we went back on vacation every year. But when I was living there, he was always nearby and always present in my life. And he was a bigger-than-life person. He, he always was in the center of the room laughing and telling stories, had a great singing voice. My dad's job took us farther and farther away until I think it was in the fifth or sixth grade. It was sixth grade in Wisconsin. My grandfather by that time had developed emphysema and he died when I was 11 years old. He was only 65. As far as I knew, I never cried about it again, rarely spoke about it. I am from the old school because I am of Welsh ancestry. I'm musical, emotional, and mood-swingy passionate. But because I'm an American man, I am half Marlboro cowboy also. The only time American men cry acceptably like little children is when their chosen sports team loses. Now I sat in a windowless basement in California, singing in the garden, when suddenly I had an image in my mind of my dead grandfather. But now I saw him as alive, singing with the hosts of heaven, and so happy. I was having trouble remembering the words for some reason and kept singing. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And I just could hum the second half because I was blocked. I was having so much emotion. And for whatever reason, I couldn't remember those two lines. I began to feel a terrible tide pushing like waves on the other side of a carefully constructed dam that I had built over the years. I was afraid as I kept singing and trying to call up those words that I was losing control. It was time for church, so I headed into the chapel. I walked over to our worship leader and I asked, I can't call them up. What are those last two lines in the first verse? She replied, The voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. The dam burst, and I began to weep. Twenty-five years of unspoken grief tumbled. I sat back down, and my eye instinctively went to the light, shining through a stained glass window. And on the window above me was an image of King David playing the harp. It was the strangest sense that the voice I heard falling on my ear was being disclosed by God. The great-granddaughter of the man who wrote that hymn, Charles Austin Miles, said once that (laughs) the hymn was written on a cold, dreary day in a cold, dreary, and leaky basement in New Jersey that didn't even have a window in it, let alone a view of a garden. I guess you could say it is a tribute to my great-grandfather's faith, she said, that he believed it existed, at least in his heart. Miles wrote the story to remember the story of Mary Magdalene, first witness of the resurrection. 
If it is loved and despised by some musicians and theologians for its me focus, it remains one of the most loved hymns of all time. There is a legitimate solitariness of soul that is part of every spiritual journey. We may learn prayer in community, but we must also learn to pray alone. It may bring us to places of utter loneliness, and in those places we find that we are not alone at all, but that God is present to us. Surprisingly, even in a resurrection appearance to an unlikely first witness, Mary, the first Christian, saint of the broken heart, as far as I'm concerned, garden or basement, the joy we share when we tarry there, none other has ever known. You know, as I think back on those words that I wrote, I think it's wonderful to have high-minded notions of what we all ought to be doing in the big picture. And I'm all into those. But there really is something you have to pay attention to. There are a lot of people out there in this world that struggle to ever feel that their life has any significance, who are alone, who are crushed. And there is something very powerful about the idea that a risen Lord could come to someone who wasn't even believed when she went and told the men what she'd seen. So, I still like that song. It doesn't say everything I want it to, but no song does. I always say to friends about a song that I'm working on, it's just a song. It tells a little bit, a crumb, a piece, but there may be a glimmer of truth there to pay attention to. Well, appreciate you being here today. As we go, I'm going to play for you a little recording of that hymn that I made some years ago. But I did a, an album of hymns and uh, recorded that song. Hope you enjoy. You matter. Don't forget that. You really matter. I operate with that as a deep conviction that there is no one on this planet that God does not love. Catch you next time. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I Falling on my ear The Son of God discloses And He walks with me And He talks with me And He tells me I am His own And the joy we share 
Thank you so much. Join me next time on the Flat Picking Pilgrim's Progress.